0: Got a bit of rugby today. I was engrossed with the chat with uh breakfast and Steve, had Steve Hansen on the show this morning. Um I arrived at work while it was playing and just sat in my car and listened to it in the entirety. And fully cognizant of the facts that listeners come and go all during the day, I've just plucked out a few of the talking points that he mentioned. So let's have a little let's have a little listen back. Um and I really want your comment. An opportunity to react to some of his observations, his findings, his opinions, etc. Because it played quite late in breakfast and um, probably didn't get a chance to ring up and react to what Steve Hansen had to say. And also, I am also aware that the Rural Roundup is on Half Hour Networks. And we are on the other half, so you will get through on 0800 150 11. I'm going to kick off, of course, the Nations Championship. We talked to Cam Good from New Zealand Rugby about what that looks like. And just to remind those that may not be aware, the six Nations teams will be in one six-team group, the four Sanzar teams and two invitationals, possibly Japan and Fiji or someone like that. That will be the other group. You play everyone in the other side. Uh some at the start of the year, some at the bottom end of the year, then there'd be a grand final, potentially twicken them. That's sort of what it looks like. No more extra games for the All Blacks, same number of test matches, but the July, was it July? Yes, the uh, June test window um, would now become part of the nation's championships. So, Steve Hansen, what are your initial thoughts on the new tournament?
1: Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Like, Something different isn't it and people mm. the fans particularly want something different out of rugby at the moment, and it's just been chugging along so um there's some real positives there's probably one or two little queries I've got um you know the the rich are going to get richer and what's going to happen to the mm. second tier group um, I think they need to really make sure that um, there's opportunity for those teams to continue to get better because we don't want them turning up at World Cups and having two distinct mm. groups. We we want World Cups to be competitive like they have been. But and the other thing I'd like to see is can we, you know, can we play the July window maybe after the Six Nations so play play the Rugby Championship out our side of it instead of playing Super Rugby at that time. Play play at the same time as as maybe. Um, The Six Nations do, and then go up and play uh, half of it um, around that period of time, and then and then let Super Rugby start after that. So uh, we can get more of a a flow, more of a global season. You've got your All Blacks coming out of a pre-season, and that might give you the opportunity to play one or two of the secondary teams to get ready. So, but you know, it's a good start. They've listened to the fans, they've listened Mm -hmm. to themselves, really, because they've wanted this for a while. and I guess there's a lot of money involved in
0: it, too. Yeah. So the Nations Championship. Um, his suggestion there is Six Nations plays sort of January. Does it sneak into February, um, and then play the Six Nations? Uh, sorry, the Nations Championship. So some of those teams after Six Nations come down to New Zealand, play three weeks down here, um, and then we start Super Rugby. So it's almost using. Um, we'd have to change. We'd have to change the way we look at it. Uh, and then we'd play our world nations games, and then feed into Super Rugby. Um, interesting take. Really keen on your thoughts on that. You can ring any time. If we get phone calls, I'll interrupt these Steve Hansen grabs because uh, you guys are the most important things. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. Um, the other thing, Steve Hansen, he was asked about is: is this competition a sign of unity? Does it does it fix the barrier between? It's been here for a while. The Northern Semis- northern and Southern Hemisphere Rugby is the barrier under repair.
1: Well, I think it's a start. I don't think it fixes it yet, but it's a start. Mm. And and now there's something that's bigger uh, than just you know the November test or the July test. We've actually got something that the broadcasters are saying we're we'll going to pay a lot of money for, which will get people to sit down and listen to each other. Um, for a long time uh six nations have dictated to world rugby about whatever is needed because they they will not change uh six nations because it it's a winner you know it works for them um so if they won't change and maybe we have to change like we're playing rugby in that period we're playing super rugby, so can we be flexible enough in our thinking to to look at our our window and say, Well, look, can we do it another way um and you know, It might be that uh, we can do that, so if we can do it, let, let's look at it and, and if it makes it better for the players and makes it better for the fans, you know, we're winning, aren't we?
0: The key for me in that description from Steve Hansen, he was part of those frustrating talks with the Northern Hemisphere and they wouldn't budge. Six Nations is a winner for them. They ain't changing it. And that's what I was talking about yesterday, New Zealand, Australia, Sansa teams, they have to exercise the flexibility if they want more exposure to playing, having All Blacks England, All Blacks Ireland, All Blacks France every year, well, every nation's championship. It's, you got to swallow your pride, and I mentioned it yesterday when we had a few suggestions, and it's stuff we would all love. We would love... Um, The top four teams, the the semi-finalists from Super Rugby, then to go and play the top four teams from um, the European Championship and find out the best club in the world. We would love that here. They don't want it. They don't need it. And we've been trying for years to try and bring things closer. The only reason it's come closer is New Zealand, Australia, etc. have had to be flexible and make concessions. And now we're starting to get traction. And as I say, Steve Hansen was part of those discussions for a long, long time, both when he was assistant to Sir Graham Henry and then as head coach for his decent, elongated stint. So the fact that he said New Zealand now have to be flexible if we want change because, again, in one of his comments he just said rugby's just been trundling along without any effective change and fans have been screaming for some change, for some engagement, etc., etc., um, he was asked about the NRL and he said he enjoys watching it. So what is it about the league that he is enjoying?
1: Well, they just use common sense. Like, Philandes has been brilliant for the league. Peter yeah. Philandes a guy from New South Wales. like, uh, And he's got rid of all the nonsense and you just got a game that's tailor-made for TV because it appears to be non-stop. Now, if you go and watch it live, there's a lot of people walking. But that wasn't the comment. My, my comment was it's good to watch it. On TV, it's better than the rugby. Like, the, the semi-finals games were, were great. Blues, uh, mm-hmm. Crusaders, not a, not so much. But the Brumbies Chiefs and the Chiefs uh, Crusaders final, they were wonderful games of footy. But that's only two games out of, you know, a whole competition. Whereas with, <coughs> with the NRL, they're all competitive uh, and they're all good games to watch. So... That's what what we've got to look at in, in the Super Competition. We've got to find ways to make it more competitive and
0: therefore better to watch, and give the fans what they want. Give the fans what they want. Give the fa- I almost want him to have another turn at New Zealand <laughs> rugby because I feel like he didn't see all of this while he was in charge. Like he would have been had a very busy job when he was head coach of the All Blacks and involved in that whole process. But with the time to be away and be on the outside looking in and experiencing. Um, he's done consultation in all sorts of countries and currently in Japan and he's now being able to be a little bit more objective potentially, being out of the system and I think now maybe his ears and eyes are a little bit more open and engaged, not saying he was intentionally shut off but the, the time demands when you head coach of the All Blacks and putting together a whole programme. Um, I think with the benefit of being out of it he can look out and then just say, the product, Not the game, but the product, uh, the engagement that um, the NRL is getting um, is, is superior at the moment. And Peter Valandis has ruffled some feathers. But, man, everyone's talking about it. Any thoughts on those? I've got some more of Steve Hansen, but I'll save them because I really want to hear your thoughts. 0800 150 811. Just so far on the nation's championships that um, Steve's points there about um, playing Six Nations, then All Blacks, then Super Rugby. He did mention, which I don't think we're going to play here, um, he did mention playing the, the, the All Blacks, then the NPC, and the All Blacks can use the NPC for conditioning, but mainly rest, which, I mean, we never see, very rarely see them in NPC anyway, and then play your Super Rugby. And I don't mind that. I like that it's being discussed. I don't know what the exact tick-in-the-box perfect scenario is, but you guys out there might. So give us a yell on 0800 I'd love to hear your thoughts and reactions to what Sir Steve Hansen brought up with the Bricky Boys this morning. Back after a short break. Your call was very welcome on the back of um, Steve Hansen's thoughts on the nation's championship and what he liked about rugby league which was I never thought I'd hear Steve Hansen saying he's enjoying watching rugby league as a product more than rugby interesting stuff. Uh, the great rugby man from Dunedin Cliff joins us. G'day Cliff
2: yeah, G'day Steph I think um, Steve Hansen's been involved in some of the background on one of the league teams in Australia wasn't he I think offering a bit of bit of advice but the more I hear about this the more they're trying to change the wheel on the whole thing is it about club is it about super rugby is it about nations is it about countries is it about the top level countries is it about trying to bring more clubs or more countries into uh, the rugby to me super rugby has become really flat you know taking the uh, South Africans out of it they enlarged it too big. There's not enough quality players around the world. The South Africans proved that that they didn't need five teams. We're struggling now with the Samoan, the Island Pacific side, is picking up two, uh, you know, thirty-five odd players. Some of them that could have been playing for the likes of the Highlanders. So they're struggling. So there's just not the numbers in the game. So we, we either make the game a better product. With fewer teams, with better competition, you know, with in regard to super, or we go back to NPC, we we make that a tougher competition, maybe bring a couple of island teams in it, have three divisions, play it as their main product during the year, and ditch the super. You know, we could, the Australian teams could play a couple of sides in our NPC in the top level if they're good enough. It just makes, you know, you want promotion relegation and... Three in the three competitions. Super rugby to me looks like it's on its way out, big time, because they can't get anyone there unless it's a to- top game at the, you know, Canter- the Crusaders, the Blues, or the, you know, the rest of them are very flat. And
0: what yeah, do you think? Yeah, I've thought for a long time, Cliff, and I don't know what the solution is, and and I like people to have solutions, but I don't have one. Is that I feel like there's too many layers of rugby for the number of participants, like in New Zealand we've got school, club, heartland, MPC, super, international. That's six levels and we've got dwindling numbers. Um, Steve Hansen and some elsewhere in the interview mentioned you're not going to get rid of Super Rugby because that's where the money comes in. That's the broadcasting deals, the advertisers, the sponsors, and all of that. But it's been to the detriment of the MPC. Now, when you and I grew up, we only had MPC, and I loved it. I loved it when it was Div 1, 2, and 3, and there was promotion relegation. I went to a promotion relegation game, um, North Harbour, came to Palmerston North. When they'd just been established, they put them in the third division. They won that. They put them in second division. They won that. Played promotion relegation against Manawatu. Packed house. So much emotion. Manawatu went down. North Harbour went up and pretty much stayed there. But it brought a lot of theatre and it brought a lot of that local tribalism. Now, are we too old and can't progress on from our distant memories of how amazing the NPC was? Could we get it back could we get it back?
2: Well, we could get the NPC back. That I reckon we could make the NPC the top level. Mm. That could be the professional unit. You know, Division One, and it has twelve teams in it, and it might have the Fijians and the uh, Samoan team if they're good enough. And if we want to make it so that there's a couple of the three Australians in it, if they want to play in our top level, but at least. And then, and then it filters down. It could be all played from, you know, likes of June, July, August, September. It could be four months of quality top-level rugby locally rather than playing the splinter stuff. You talk about under-20s. The kids, the kids that get to under-20 that are good enough, they end up in the, in the Otago or they end up in the Blues, and then there's nothing left. Yeah. There's, no, there's no real competition for anyone else, so everybody else just falls away. You know, it's just dying. Teams just can't fill. fill, They can't get front rowers. You know, if you can't, if you're not a top level rugby player, you fall away. By the time you're 24, you've had enough. You know, in the old days, guys would play 100 games club rugby. Well, they're, they're very, very rare now because by the time they play, start playing top team in the you know club rugby, they're 17 or 18. But well, within six years they've had enough. If they don't make the Otago or the you know, those sort of rep sides, they're gone. So we end up with a whole lot of schoolboys playing top team rugby. By the time they're twenty one, there's the odd old, old fella. But you know, where, where's rugby gone, you know?
0: You mentioned you mentioned, Ru- it- you mentioned front row you mentioned front row, I was thinking about it this morning. Um, Fourteen MPC teams. You need at least four props each team. That's seventy players. You need another forty odd hookers. So you're looking at a hundred and ten front rowers just to service the NPC, and they're just not there.
2: No, well, by the t- like, I say, by the time they're twenty four, twenty five, they've had enough for rugby. Because instead of playing, you know, Colts rugby, you know, for university or Southern say. And, and then working their way at 22, 23 into the Otago B and then the Tiger side. By the time they get to 24, unless they're top, getting paid the money, they're gone. Yeah. You know, they go overseas for a bit of playing, play a bit of rugby in England or somewhere for a, a, a league side or in France. You know, we, we lost lots of players through the 90s and the 2000s went overseas and they still do. Because by the time they've had a bit of club rugby, the rep stuff, if they're not going to make the All Blacks B or the A team, they go overseas Mm. because that's where where their financial money comes so that they can come back in the the early, mid-30s and then maybe get into coaching. But guys guys playing rugby at 30 are long past it unless they're playing for the top side.
0: Yeah, and if it's your main income, you've got to go where the money is. And I invite people to go and have a look through the team sheets at Major League Rugby in America, and there's a lot of MPC players over there because they've got to make ends meet. Cliff, uh, appreciate your call as always, buddy. Really do. There's Cliff from Dunedin. Let's go and have a chat to Joey in Auckland. Joey? Yeah, look, Um. one of the big problems, staff, is...
3: is you know the promotion of club rugby. If you you have the NPC playing, and you played say uh, Auckland club rugby, Auckland were playing Wellington and Park, and you have the curtain raiser as Marist against University Auckland. Yeah. But you don't you don't you don't put, you don't really promote the um, the um, uh, uh, schoolboy rugby. You, you promote the club rugby, and so that's a curtain raiser that comes on Sky. So then guys that are coming out of school go oh we're not getting from we're not being seen at school school boy rugby we, so we, if we want to be seen we play club rugby which is you know on sky and it doesn't have that can be Patoni from down you know we've a club rugby and then and then we go to npc and the npc we have to we have to these these two divisions where yeah play on once every two years or something you put them all together and you have a promotion relegation and the 2nd Division, if they're good enough to, to, to play the bottom side of the 1st um, the, uh, Division and get up and, and, and win, well, they're good enough next year to play in the NPC, And that's how you do it. And if, if, you, if we want to go further and board a, a our a, a Horizon staff, what we do is we go to, um, we go to Aussie. Look, what they've done with the Aussie League and the Aussie, Aussie um, football. They've bought... New Zealand side's playing that now. New Zealand a better rugby league. We're better at rugby league, and we're better at football because we so. Bring the Aussies in. It doesn't matter whether it's New South Wales playing Auckland, Auckland NPC. You bring New South Wales, Queensland, and and say uh, Perth, you know, over uh, that way or whatever. You bring them into the to our NPC like they've done the, what they did, did for us, and it will it will better Australian rugby. It will better southern better southern hemisphere rugby. And yep. that's what you got
0: to do. The interesting thing is talking, um, we talked to Matt Burke, we've talked to a number of uh, rugby people over in Australia. They're getting, in Sydney, they're getting bigger crowds to club rugby than Waratahs games and New South Wales games. And I remember there was the Auckland club final. They played as a curtain raiser to an Auckland NPC game. The number of people that left at the end of the club game, the club game had a bigger uh, more people in the stands than the Auckland MPC did. That's one point. The other point is, have we got enough players to play club and MPC at the same time? Oh, of course we have. I, I believe we have. And, and, and to, to
3: your point you made, that's a good thing. If, if, there's more, if, if there's more people going to watch club rugby, it'll eventually filter, filter, filter through to watching the NPC, mm. they won't always go. Oh, we're watching, we're watching, um, Patoni play, um, take paps or whatever. Uh, oh, we're leaving, and we're not watching Wellington. They might do that for the first few games, and then after uh, then they go, Oh, we'll, we'll stay here and watch Wellington. Wellington are a third or fourth in the competition at the moment, or oh, we'll watch them play Auckland, and that's and that's how you build it. You build it from club rugby, and it, yes, club rugby is getting dead at the moment because. I believe that they're not they're not promoting it as well. You know they pl- they're playing all this um, for the, the schoolboys. You know they have taken that off school, right? because the kids get there and they get on television at school and then then they get seen by uh, rugby league or whatever and they're gone. Mm. So you don't let the, you don't give them a chance to get seen when they're younger. They've got to go through the system. Club rugby you get seen on television, and then you go oh well, I'm going to play for the packering cl- club rugby. Oh, we're playing Ponce and we're the curtain rose of the Auckland, um, Auckland Waikato game. Oh, cool. that's going to be on Kelly. Oh, televised. Mm. And, then, and, then, and also, if they play any good, they step up to the NPC side. You know, like we used to do it. It hasn't changed. It's just you know, how we do things, I think, Steph. Anyway, yep. that's
0: me. No, that's good. That's good. Good man, Joey. Thank you, buddy. Drive safe.
3: Yeah, no way, You know what it is.
0: Go, Go to the, the, the mighty turbos, get up, you turbos! I'm
3: looking forward to that, Steph. I'm looking forward to watching them play this
0: year. Me too, mate. Oh, yeah, good on you, buddy. Hey, Here's on, Joey on. out of Auckland? Um, he's unfortunately right that one of the motivators for schoolboy rugby players is to be seen on TV. Is it, is it an advertising thing? A little bit of ego it's okay, I don't mind a little bit of healthy ego, I want to be seen on TV, make the show reels, make the highlights, but marketing themselves to academies or offshore, whatever, whatever it is, do that for club rugby. And that'll filter through to NPC rugby. Great points, Joey. We'll take a break for news, sport and weather. We'll come back, give us a call, 0800 150 811. Ah, the beautiful sounds of Kaylee Bell, Wymatti's finest country singer, the woman that's solely responsible for making me like country music. Solely responsible. We had her on the show earlier this year. She was fantastic. We should probably try and get her on again just for a yarn. She was such a good yarn. She's back in Nashville. Anyway, we're talking the rugby and then the Nations Championship and the thoughts that we've had from Steve Hansen on uh, when it should play, uh, whether now the relationship between North and South is better. I think it is. It absolutely is. It was because New Zealand or the Southern Hemisphere had to be more flexible because the Northern Hemisphere won't budge on their Six Nations. Good calls from Joey and Cliff, too, about how to reinvigorate the NPC. Do you care? Have you got solutions? Have you got ideas? Um, There's always some good ideas out there. Um, Steve Hansen also on Breakfast this morning. He mentioned, and I'd love to get your calls on any of the stuff he talked about, player development. And he was asked, how do we retain the players we want?
1: Well, I think if you want to continually be good at the top, you've got to have a feeder, and you know our feeder is our under 20s. We're starting to to play more games um, with that middle tier, uh, all that 15s are calling it. So, I think that's good. Um, you know, we put a lot of pressure on our schoolboy players, and and they are seen by everybody as a, you know. League it takes a lot of them. AFL are starting to pinch a few, so we've got to. Um, We've got to find a way to make sure that we retain the ones we want and, and give them opportunities to grow and um, understand that uh, this is the standards we need to reach if we want to be world class. So you know, we've got to put programs in place that, that identify them uh, a lot earlier than we are, I think. You know, the league boys are very good at it, so maybe go and have a chat to how they
0: do it. <laughs> Another little tick from League from Shag. Remember back in the day, we had New Zealand juniors and New Zealand universities, and they do tours, um, and that just gives them exposure to touring and uh, international competition. Um, And through knowing Murray Mexted at his Irans Academies, he gets whole schools come from the UK to irans, to upskill, and he gets position-specific coaches. I remember the course I went to, I may have told you before, and it was a secondary school in the UK, in England, and they bought all of the sixth formers, in New Zealand terminology, that were going to be in the first 15 next year, and all of the six formers that were in the second 15 that would be in the first 15 the next year. So they basically got their whole next year's first 15 came down. There's about 23 of them. And they had coaches, they had Bull Allen, they had Ian Jones, um, they had, I think Dave Rennie was there. Yeah, Dave Rennie was there as well. Um not Andrew Mertens, looking after the fire, Jeff Wilson was there. So they had like some of the best to have played the game and been technological. And I watched one particular exercise, Bull Allen and Ian Jones on setting scrums. And they had this scrum machine and it measured um, the amount of resistance when they pushed into it. And he said, they just stood around, they said, right, pack your scrum and push the heck out of the scrum machine. There's a little meter with... Um, PSI pressure being put on the scrum machine they said righto your number is whatever it is let's say it's 450 I can't remember the number and then they reset them showed them how to position their feet their arms their elbows how they locked in how they're bound it doubled it doubled in two minutes and those guys went back and won their first 15 competition the following year having been a mid table for years and years and years from spending a week learning the game where am I going with this? We've got all the intel here. We've got all the ability here. The under-20s just about got beat by Wales. They got resoundly beaten by France. And so I pick up on the bit that Steve Hansen mentioned there about they need more exposure. The under-20s, I think the last time there was an under-20s World Cup was 2019, so there's been none in 2021-22 20, because of the COVID restrictions. Get that. But it looks like um, we... The previous three, we were first, then seventh, then fourth, and now we're playing off between fifth and eighth. Too long out of the too long out of the out of the mill. And what that says to me is maybe our schoolboy competition isn't as strong as it used to be. As it used to be. I don't know, there is a world secondary schools. I know Hamilton's won it, I think Hastings have won it. I don't know what's happening with it at the moment. But when you look at The numbers we've got, if we've got enough to support All Black 15s, I'd love to see the Māori go offshore. I'd love to see, a bit like the Sevens do, the exposure they get all around the world and New Zealand juniors. Jeez, teams would put their hands up to play us. Remember that game that Stephen Donald went to last year, All Black, classic All Blacks or All Black Legends or whatever it was, and they sold out a stadium in Spain and played the Spanish national side and it went gangbusters. The all black brand, cash in on it. All black 15s, make it something. I've talked to cricketers about a, a a black caps or a New Zealand A side and the invaluable experience they get from playing in different conditions. Anyway, love to hear your thoughts. I'll leave you with this one. Steve Hansen was asked for his opinion on the refereeing in the Super Rugby final and what he'd change for the game in general. We'll play that. We'll go to ads. Give us a call after it.
1: I know um a lot of people weren't happy with the ring, but I, I, I thought he did a pretty good job but you know, he missed a forward pass, but look so they miss forward passes in every game. And sometimes that's just the way it is. Like for me I'd just get rid of the TMO and say, Right I ref you ref it and if we miss something, well we just gotta be big boys and put our big boy pants on and live with it. And, and you get rid of all this nonsense of, of everybody booing the ref. Like they're no different than you know people drop balls people like Damian made a mistake by being inside the 10 meter mark so everyone makes those so just live with that but get a game that has got some flow to it and it's not stop starting and and uh it's really competitive if we can get a super competition like that then everyone's going to get excited by again. game